0: going on, true crime fans. I'm your host, Teeth, And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going
1: West. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a good day, a good week. It's Friday, if you're listening on the day of. Uh, big thanks to Preston for recommending this case. Really appreciate you sending this one over to us. It is just wild to me that this case has not seen significantly more attention than it has. This was a tougher one to research just due to the lack of details, some which are conflicting, which we will, of course, mention in the episode if there's any contradictory statements and information. But overall, just such a devastating story that needs more eyes and ears on it for sure.
0: Daphne, I think you covered all the bases thus far So let's not waste any time Let's get into today's case
1: Yes, let's do it Alright
0: guys, this is episode 340 of Going West So let's get into it
1: October of 2019, a 25-year-old woman who volunteered at a shelter helping victims of domestic violence was found murdered in a Staten Island park. As police dug deeper into her personal life, they learned that she was allegedly being stalked prior to her death. And it was this tip that led police to an unassuming and horrific suspect. This is the story of Ola Salem. Ola Salem was born in August of nineteen ninety four in New York City, New York. Her parents, Fatma and Kabari Salem, immigrated to the United States from Egypt and settled in the Coney Island neighborhood, which is a peninsula in the southernmost part of Brooklyn. Ola grew up alongside a twin brother named Ali and a younger brother named Omar. And at some point, her family relocated from Brooklyn across the bay to Staten Island. They settled on the eastern shore in the Rosebank neighborhood of Staten Island, which is just north of the famed Verrazano Bridge that connects Staten Island and Brooklyn. Her family was devoutly Muslim, which is a faith that Ola was immeasurably proud of and took great pride in following. Her family was also quite private, so much so that very little information has been made available about them and their backgrounds, despite her father actually being a public figure, as we will get into. But it's not even clear how many siblings she really has, though it is possible that she has a couple of sisters just based on the reports of who lives in her last known address. I mean, like I said earlier, it is a shame that there isn't more that's been made public about this story. But regardless, those who knew Ola as a friend and colleague have been proud to speak out about her since her death. She was known by her friends as empowered, strong, and joyful. And a friend that she volunteered with, which we'll also dive into soon, remembered, quote, "...she's just one of those people that, you know, touches you. She makes you feel that love from her because she's just so positive. And she's always wanting to give and just never asks for anything in return." Another of Ola's friends, who's Donya Darwish, remembers her bright spirit and how lighthearted she remained regardless of her circumstances. She would frequently break into dances or songs like anything to lighten the mood. And she also loved a good Netflix binge, especially Black Mirror. She has great taste. And she really cherished having late night meals at 24-hour diners with her friends.
0: Ola's dad Kabari was a minor celebrity as an athlete, and well-regarded in his field as well so starting in the 1980s Kabari began rising to fame in the boxing world in his home country of Egypt he was characterized as a rough and tough sometimes dirty fighter and he represented Egypt in the Olympics in the 1992 games in Barcelona Spain as well as in 1996 in Atlanta Georgia And so because of this, he earned the nickname the Egyptian Magician for his brute force and tact. However, his career was not without its controversies because in Kansas City on September 12, 1999, Kabari fought hometown hero and native Randy Carver. The referee noted that Randy seemed tired about halfway through the fight and wasn't pushing back with his usual vigor. So after repeated headbutts from Kabari, which many spectators said was a bit overkill, Randy fell to the ground in the 10th round and never managed to get back up. After this, the fight was called and Randy lost a match for the first time in his career, but only because he fell unconscious while still in the ring and never came out of it. Now, he remained unresponsive after being rushed to the hospital and into emergency surgery and died after two days on life support. Following his victory, if you can even call it that, Kabari was asked about his reaction to the events that unfolded that evening. And he responded, quote, "'It's his hometown, you know. "'If it goes 12 rounds, he wins. "'I hope he's fine. "'I feel bad. "'What can I say? "'It's a fight.'" Kabari continued to fight regularly for six more years until a string of three losses in a row forced him into retirement. But he kept training and made sure to instill a love of the sport in his children. For example, his son Omar Kabari Salem is now also a boxer. Kabari continued on to be a professional driver and later decided to open a restaurant in Pennsylvania.
1: The Salem children grew up in the boxing gym alongside their father and all of them were gifted athletes. Ola also enjoyed leading religious discussions at her schools and frequented the Muslim American Society Youth Center of Brooklyn. But as kind as Ola was, she was also not afraid to stand up to a challenge when she felt an injustice had been committed. For example, at just 17 years old, she made newspaper headlines for speaking out about a rule at a theme park that she felt infringed upon her religious rights. And this was regarding removing her hijab. Now, this happened in August of 2011, while Ola and her family headed north up the coast to spend the day at Playland, which is a beachside amusement park in Rye, New York, that sits just minutes south of the border of Connecticut. It's most notable as being one of the principal filming locations of Tom Hanks' Big, so a bunch of you can probably picture it, Love that movie. So when she wanted to ride a particular ride and an employee told her that she would need to remove her hijab, outrage ensued and actually a major fight began that led to a very dramatic confrontation between as many as 40 park attendees and the employees that were working the event that day. Ultimately, 15 people were arrested from the park, including Ola's father, Kabari. And three men were treated in a local hospital for injuries. So things got really intense.
0: I'm sure Kabari was just out there punching people in the head. Yeah, he
1: definitely was. But of course, Ola didn't intend on anything turning into what it did. It was just like she was trying to get on a ride and the employee told her that she would need to remove her hijab for safety reasons. But she just, of course, felt that was incredibly disrespectful to ask. And her brother had said that it's similar to asking a woman to like remove her shirt for a ride. And um, of course, she felt very disrespected by them saying this. And it's possible that the employee didn't understand the gravity of their request, but we're just not sure. Either way, it turned into this huge thing. But it just goes to show you that Ola just always stood up for herself and her family and her religion. And she was greatly respected by her peers for being that person.
0: And Ola also brought this same fearlessness into her relationships as well. Sometime during the following year in 2012, Ola finished high school and started taking classes at Kingsborough Community College in the Manhattan Beach area of Brooklyn. And that's where she met a man who would become her husband. But just a heads up, he has never been publicly named and there are no discernible details about him available online. So we can't really say much about him at this point. What we do know is that after he and Ola got married and moved in together, likely also in Staten Island, it became clear that Ola was trapped in a very abusive relationship. Eventually things became so dangerous for her that she filed a protective order against her husband. And as payback, he filed one against her as well. Fearful of what he might do, Ola took up residence at a shelter that would change the trajectory of her life forever. The ASEA Women's Center in Brooklyn became a pivotal part of her story, and was arguably the most lasting legacy that she left behind. So, this women's shelter is the first of its kind in New York City. It's a Muslim women and children's shelter founded by Danya Darwish, who's also been Ola's friend for over a decade, and the shelter addresses a very specific need. There are close to a million Muslim people in New York City, a quarter of the country's population of people of the Muslim faith, but there are few resources targeting their specific demographic should they need assistance. Danya recalls being fearful for the fate of Muslim women and mothers suffering from domestic violence, eviction, and also homelessness, as they can face Islamophobia and racism in traditional shelters. So, sensing a deep need from her community, Danya stepped up and founded ASEA, which operates out of a fully-equipped apartment, capable of housing as many as 15 women and children at a time. When the center opened in August of 2018, Ola was its first volunteer. Danya said proudly of her friend, quote, She was so emotionally intelligent. She could look at someone and know exactly what they're feeling and know exactly what to say to make that person smile. When she was volunteering there, Ola assisted in the intake of new residents and had the gift of making any new resident faced with what was likely the most difficult decision of her life feel valued, seen, and at ease. Danya recalled, quote, Ola was so headstrong, so passionate about domestic violence survivors. She had an incredible level of humility. She was also a very active member of the Muslim American Society and assisted in organizing charitable events for breast cancer awareness. Danya continued, quote, any event that happened, she was usually the first person there. She always took to driving victims into the shelter to appointments and commitments and wanted to start driving for rideshare services just to earn some money and enjoy the freedom that came with it.
1: When Ola's marriage became tumultuous and she really needed a safe place to go, Asiya was a natural next step for her, but there's some confusion as to where she wound up when she moved out. Most sources claim that she moved back in with her family and their apartment on Deal Court of Staten Island, but a few have claimed that she actually moved back in with her husband. Either way, neighbors of her parents have cited frequent police activity at the home. By September of 2019, so about a month before her murder, the New York Police Department confirmed that they had been called to the residence five times. One of these visits ended with Ola being removed from the premises in an ambulance, though the circumstances and person to blame are unclear. Multiple neighbors have claimed that there were problems in the home, as well as frequent disturbances and commotion. The Salem's neighbor across the street, Emmanuel, said that on one occasion, a fight broke out between some family members, stating that, quote, There were two men. One was really getting a little violent, I thought, and the other one had to put a stop to his violence or his anger. These incidents only served as a harbinger of the horrors to come when a woman's body turned up in a Staten Island park. Do you want to earn cash back while you shop? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out Rakuten, especially because this week, May 6th through May 13th, Rakuten is having their biggest cash back event of the year with 15% cash back at hundreds of stores. Rakuten is the
0: shopping platform to use so that you can save big while you shop. They're partnered with over 3,500 stores across all categories including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, travel, dining, and so many others.
1: Some of our personal favorite participating stores are Ray-Ban, Hydro Flask, Clinique Online, and Verbo, just to name a few. There are so many big stores and brands that you're already buying from. But don't miss this major deal. It's a limited time only with eight days of these high cashback rates, so you can save more than usual. And also something I love is that their system blankets your entire home in protection from break-ins to fires to floods. And with indoor and outdoor cameras to choose from, you will feel safe any time of day or night. And
0: simply safe is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring agents to help stop crimes in real time.
1: Which is part of why they were named the best home security system of 2024. Simply Safe has given us and so many listeners real peace of mind. And we want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect Monitoring at simplysafe.com slash going west. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Heath and I are major sufferers of seasonal allergies. They are the worst. It can even be difficult to host this show when our noses are all clogged up. We have tried brand after brand, but luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. And big shout out to Claritin for supporting this show and providing us with samples.
0: Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better.
1: I feel like I sneeze all day long. I always have an itchy face but now I can actually go outside in the grass and not have a sneeze attack or be stuffed up thanks to Claritin-D. Are you ready to live as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear.
0: Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin-D at the pharmacy counter.
1: Ask for Claritin-D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription.
0: Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so that you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Sometimes Daphne and I are doing research for Going West, and we subscribe to different newspapers from all around the country, and then we forget to unsubscribe. But that's exactly why we love Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions.
1: When using all of the app's features. Stop
0: wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash going west.
1: That's rocketmoney.com slash going west.
0: Rocketmoney.com slash going west.
1: We know you guys love a good mystery, especially one with twists and turns. Am I right? This is why you guys are going to love June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker while she tries to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder in the roaring 1920s.
0: In this hidden object mystery game, put your detective skills to the test.
1: While you're on this quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret... download june's journey for free today on ios and android
0: on october 24th 2019 a jogger running into a wooded area near bloomingdale park spotted what looked like someone lying down in the brush along the trail. Upon further inspection, it was a fully clothed body with no obvious signs of violence. So it was a strange finding from the start, but it would soon be determined that the person in the brush was deceased and that person was Ola Salem. Ola was still clad in her hijab and had been covered haphazardly with sticks and leaves. From the marks on the ground, it appeared as if she had been dragged through the grass to her final resting place. Within hours, the body was confirmed to belong to 25-year-old Ola Salem. The park was around 12 miles or 19 kilometers from her family's home, so how she got to that particular location and what exactly happened was initially a complete mystery.
1: Well, and it's interesting that her body was found, like you said, haphazardly covered with sticks and leaves, as if someone had very briefly tried to hide her body, but obviously not nearly well enough, considering a jogger just strolled by and very obviously found her there.
0: Yeah, and it's weird that, you know, this is the second week in a row that we're talking about a body being covered by like sticks and leaves and stuff like that. Because we oh, did. Yeah, we, we, just, we talked about that with Jeanette De Palma.
1: We did, yes. But there was also controversy with that and that kind of unclear feeling of if somebody had tried to cover her up or, or why the sticks and leaves were there. But in this case, it does seem like somebody had made a poor attempt at covering her body. But luckily, it was found very quickly.
0: Exactly. And a little bit more on her body. So detectives quickly came to believe from how she was positioned that she had been killed elsewhere, then transported by car, and then dumped in the park. And due to the nature of the crime, they considered it highly unlikely that it was random. It seemed like whoever did this to her was someone who had known her or targeted her specifically for whatever reason. Now, as you can imagine, her community was shocked and saddened by this sudden senseless loss. Especially since Ola was known to help so many other women who were put in dangerous situations. It was just a very eerie and disturbing outcome for her. So, two days after the discovery, the Muslim American Society Youth Center, where Ola was still an active participant and event organizer, held a prayer service for her that drew hundreds of attendees. Her family was lifted in support and prayer by everyone around them, and Ola was remembered for her kindness,
1: her boundless energy, and generosity of spirit. So the community just waited anxiously to hear more about what had happened to her and why, because to them and just everybody that knew her, it didn't make sense how something like this could have happened to her. And they couldn't understand who would have committed such an act. But of course, those who were familiar with the details of her abusive marriage wondered if her husband had been behind this. In November of 2019, so shortly after finding her body, the medical examiner ruled her death a homicide and determined that it had been caused by asphyxiation due to neck compression. And that just essentially means that she was suffocated. In a statement released after her death, the ASEA Woman Center wrote, Ola Salem once called the ASEA Woman Center a true friend. And that is what we sought to be in her life and now in her death. She was a committed volunteer and passionate about alleviating the pain of domestic violence survivors. She lived in our center for months, often assisting with the intake process. She was a beacon of hope and positivity for many. We can still hear her infectious laughter emitting through our walls and we're envisioning her presence with us. Simply put, she brought joy to everyone she interacted with. We hope to repay her as a token in her honor of the authentic and incredible life that she lived by organizing a charity campaign to raise money for domestic violence survivors in her name. The ASEA Women's Center created a GoFundMe campaign to raise money for domestic violence survivors in Ola Salem's name. And although the campaign is still accepting donations, we've linked it in the description of the episode, so far it has raised over $16,000. Danya Darwish explained in an interview about Ola, quote, she came to us with her problems, but when she saw the other women, she took the other active role as a volunteer, really connecting with them. She knew what they were going through and tried to help them, even driving them to appointments. She was outgoing, she went skydiving, she was a very lovely person, but just because you have a smile in public doesn't mean that everything is okay. And that was her, but her getting dragged through the forest That is just surreal. Danya also found it very puzzling because she claims her friend possessed abnormal strength and could likely fight off an assailant unless they were particularly skilled at what they were doing. I mean, remember, she was a fighter's daughter after all. So Danya remembered, quote, she was very, very strong. It beats me how if this was a murder, how anyone could have killed her because she was stronger than some men. As
0: Daphne touched on, Ola's former husband seemed to be the most plausible suspect, but due to certain talks about the people in her home, investigators turned suspicions on her family as well. Her family seemed as shell-shocked as anyone else in the community, and all claimed that they had no idea what had happened to her, and of course, that they hadn't hurt her themselves. In an interview with the New York Times after his daughter's cause of death was announced, Kabari discussed that, before her death, Ola had complained about being fearful of someone tailing her on the highway. He mentioned in his interview, quote, She always said that somebody would follow her. He also said that he sensed that her ex-husband was involved in her death, as he was known to cause violence against her already. But no matter what had happened to her, he said that he just wanted answers for Ola's sake, saying, quote, I want to know what happened to her. What is the reason for that but no one tells me i am just waiting he described his daughter as quote good and beautiful and although it's now defunct kabari posted a picture of him with ola on his official boxing instagram page writing in the caption quote i miss you and love you r.i.p my love however despite his persona of a devoted and grieving father police noted a few suspicious circumstances in the days and weeks following her death. Strangely, a search of his car yielded Ola's phone. And when police asked why it was there in the first place, Kabari simply explained that Ola had ridden with him in the family car that day and that she had likely dropped it. But what was more suspicious was that after this, Kabari left the United States just shortly after his daughter's death, leaving his family behind. He was also still in the process of opening his restaurant in Pennsylvania at this time, making the move even more questionable. It just really wasn't a good time for any reason to leave with all the work that he had and the interest in getting justice for his daughter.
1: Yeah, it just definitely raised a big old red flag. So in the same New York Times piece that Kabari was interviewed for, you know, the one where he painted this portrait of himself as a bereft father, One source said that tensions were rising in the family as he felt that Ola was becoming too westernized and was abstaining from the traditions of Egyptian culture and their religion. Now, this anonymous source even claimed that Ola wanted to stop wearing her hijab, though this claim has not been confirmed. But either way, all of this apparently infuriated her father Kabari. Another source claimed that Ola had started dating a new man. So, you know, she's obviously not with her ex-husband anymore. And this new guy is somebody that, for whatever reason, Kabari did not approve of. So you can imagine maybe he wasn't of the Muslim faith or he was... Um, Westernized, Westernized, possibly. Westernized, yeah, American exactly. or something. Exactly. I think that that could, could have been the situation, but we're not sure. And we also don't know who this person was or if they were ever looked at. But anyway... This source called her outspoken and not timid, claiming that she was forging her own path. Though they have not publicized their findings, the police deemed Kabari Salem, the number one suspect in the murder of his daughter. And this is such a scary claim to make. I mean, we have covered a lot of cases where the family is looked at as they almost always are in some way, mostly just as a precautionary measure to be able to rule out the victim's inner circle. But it can be very touchy to do this, just knowing that the family is grieving and pointing a finger at them can uh, you know, be very insulting. But there are just way too many flags here for police to ignore. Exactly, and they felt pretty strongly about this. Right, but in order to indict him on charges, they had to know where he was. Because remember, he had left the U.S., which made this whole situation so much more complicated. I mean... We got to look at the, the facts here. He had told police that she, that um, she had a stalker, that somebody was following her. Obviously, that's not very much information to give. It's super broad, but nobody else mentioned a stalker. Nobody else had any information to further this claim. They must have ruled, we couldn't find this out quite yet, but they must have ruled that her ex-husband was not involved in some way, or surely he would have been a prime suspect. And then we know that the person was stronger than Ola, despite her being very strong. Who's stronger than her boxer dad?
0: Right, Kabari was, you know, a world-class boxer. So yeah, he could have easily
1: overpowered Ola. Absolutely, and then of course, the fact that shortly after she died, when you think that he would want to stick around, open the restaurant that he had been working so hard on and find justice for his daughter, like you mentioned, he would stay in the area it's just so weird that he picked up and left that nobody knew where he went and that he just left his family and like
0: for, and yeah exactly and for all of these reasons this is why police are now like hyper focused on kabari
1: right and why he is a bigger suspect or person of interest than anybody else in her life so after searching a year for kabari which looks even more sus that he's gone for that long Kabari was finally located in either Egypt or Kuwait. Now sources have reported both, but the most reliable source, which includes the New York Times, have stated that he was ultimately found in Kuwait. So he's believed to have initially flown back to Egypt to hide out among family and later fled to Kuwait, likely when he believed that the police were catching on to where he was. And on December 3rd, 2020, the International Criminal Police Organization, commonly known as Interpol, coupled with U.S. Marshals and a fugitive task force of specially appointed New York and New Jersey State Police, finally narrowed in on Kabari. They apprehended him, they quarantined him because this was in the height of COVID, and then extradited him back to the United States.
0: Though the District Attorney has been incredibly tight-lipped about the details of their findings, we now know that two days before Ola was found, Kabari rented a car from a local Avis rental car. Using that rental car, he drove all over Staten Island in the days surrounding the murder, including a stop at the park in which Ola's body was found. I mean, how do you come back from that? Right? So it's believed that he convinced Ola to come with him to the restaurant that he supposedly was opening in Pennsylvania on the evening of October 23rd, 2019. Later that evening or early the morning of October 24th, he strangled her with his bare hands and then drove her
1: lifeless body back to Staten Island where he dumped her in that park. Which just really makes you question the motive. Like if he did this and it was premeditated, if it was, Did he want to kill her because she was becoming too westernized and he felt like he was going against their religion? Or did they get in an argument and his anger got the best of him and then he killed her? Like, to dump your own child's body like that, to drag it through the grass, to cover it haphazardly with leaves and sticks? Like, how could you do that? So that makes me wonder if it was premeditated and for whatever reason he just did this to her.
0: Yeah, or if possibly, you know, he like you said, just kind of flew off the handle and couldn't control himself and you know, took it too far. But here's the thing, we don't cover a lot of cases where fathers kill their their daughter. No. Um we we do cover we have covered cases of of fathers killing their family, like their entire families, but this is a very odd case because it just really doesn't happen that often.
1: So a few months ago, we covered the murder of Arushi Talwar. Now, this was on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, so you'd have to subscribe to listen, but this is a case that happened in India, and it's basically where this girl was murdered, Arushi Talwar, she was murdered, and there was a theory that her parents killed her and that it was an honor killing. Now, an honor killing is basically the murder of a woman or a girl by male family members, and this can be justified by claiming that the girl or the the female family member brought dishonor upon the family name so we looked this up a little bit for because in that case that was for an indian case and here we're talking about an egyptian family of muslim faith and this does sometimes happen across muslim nations and in egypt so I really wonder if that's what this was. If he felt like this was an honor killing, because the really disturbing part about this is they don't really feel, or as far as we've researched, they don't really feel any shame towards this. They feel like the girl or the female is what's causing the shame. And by killing them, they are fixing the problem and they're not thinking of it. Like I just murdered my child. It's like looked at totally differently.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's one of those like, um, things that they claim is like a traditional value. Like it's, it's actually um, in some nations it's respected uh, among traditions, which is so crazy to even think about that. You could carry out the murderer of one of your loved ones in order to cleanse your family name. But, but I do agree. I wonder if this is the case here.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder too, because that would seem to connect again. I don't know in their particular faith, And where they come from, if honor killings are traditionally practiced, or I don't even know how often this happens, but I wouldn't be surprised if that is kind of the origin of this murder, is an honor killing. Well,
0: we did talk about the fact that he was, you know, pissed off or annoyed that she was becoming Westernized. So that right there leads leads me down a road of speculation of possibly this could be why.
1: Yeah, and we would have never known about this if it wasn't for Arushi Talwar's case, because in our research, the idea of an honor killing did not come up regarding Ola's case. So, But still, I definitely wonder if that's what happened here.
0: Me too, and hopefully we do find out. So after Kabari's arrest, the Staten Island District Attorney announced, quote, throughout the course of this tragic case, we had never lost hope that the alleged killer would be arrested and charged. We will continue to work tirelessly to hold this defendant accountable for the brutal act of violence that he's been accused of committing against his own daughter. Now the last update was in late 2020, when Kabari Salem was arraigned on seven counts, including second degree murder, strangulation, first-degree manslaughter and concealment
1: of a corpse. That's almost three years without an update. What the hell?
0: Yeah, I I don't know why we're not getting public updates about this case, but seems odd. Kabari did enter a plea of not guilty, and he's also obtained legal counsel, but has yet to make a statement regarding his alleged innocence. The last published update placed the 55-year-old boxer awaiting trial in the infamous Rikers Island prison which is between Queens and the Bronx, and has been voted to close by 2026. His family has not commented on the arrest, except when Ola's brother Omar stated that the family was devastated by her loss.
1: We'll likely know more when the case goes to trial, whenever that will be. But some speculators are wondering if maybe Kabari suffered a head injury such as CTE or chronic traumatic encephalopathy known to plague former football players. So they're wondering if maybe in a fight he got hit in the head and then he suffered CTE and then that caused him to kind of act out like by killing his daughter.
0: I think that was a big thing with um, some wrestlers as well. There's a documentary about a wrestler named Chris Benoit who they talk about CTE and how some like um, brain injuries could have caused him to kill his family.
1: Well, Um, it kind of does make sense because CTE can lead to like excessively aggressive behavior and uncontrollable impulses and outbursts. But, again, this is just a total theory. Nobody knows if this happened or has any kind of idea of when this would have happened. Yeah, it's just pure speculation. Again, though, I really think honor killing is is up there. But until we know more, it's really hard to fathom why Ola's own father would commit such an atrocious act against her. If you have any information about the murder of Ola Salem, please call the Staten Island Police Department at 1-800-577-TIPS or 8477. If you'd like to donate to the ASEA's Women's Center, you can visit their website at asiawomenscenter.org. That's A-S-I-Y-A-H, womenscenter.org, or visit Ola's GoFundMe page. And again, the link is in the description of this episode. Thank you so much everybody for listening to this episode of going west
0: yes thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and on tuesday we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into
1: please make sure that you share this story i really really hope that there are some answers soon that the trial occurs soon i mean if he's just sitting in prison it feels like a lot of the cases that got held up due to COVID have been back in the works so i'm really surprised that after over two and a half years This case has not moved to trial. So hopefully there will be news sometime soon. And maybe even he will confess or give answers as to why and how it all happened. But we'll keep you guys updated.
0: Also, make sure that you go check out our socials if you want to see pictures uh, and photos from this episode and all the other cases that we've covered thus far. We're on Instagram at Going West Podcast, Twitter at Going West Pod. We're also on Facebook. We have a discussion group so you can share your thoughts there.